Apollo is a place like no other. A place where the forces of good and evil collide for the fate of the world. Prophecies foretold witnesses destined to protect us all. But will they prevail? Armed with keen insight and the ability to see into dark realms, well, maybe, Karen and Jamie help decipher the witness prophecies. Hello, I'm Jamie. And I'm Karen. And we are here to discuss Sleepy Hollow Season 2, Episode 7, Deliverance. Written by Sam Chalson and Nelson Greaves. Directed by Nick Copus. Copus, not Corpus. Not Corpus. <laughs> Although that would have been kind of, kind of apt yes. for this series. Yes, I think so too. Not too many Corpuses. In this episode. No. But, <laughs> but there's been corpuses in the past. Plenty. Plenty of corpuses. Corpuses. Corpus yeah. I. You know, that's why I used to go to SeaWorld for the corpuses. Not the porpoises? No. <laughs> why do we always do this at the beginning? Because <laughs> it's fun and it makes people laugh. Okay, good. That's why. So you've been to SeaWorld, huh? Once, yes. I will never yeah. step foot in SeaWorld. I was little. I didn't have a choice. It was a. It was an outing. Did you see what Steve-O did earlier this year? I didn't. He put up a video of himself on YouTube trying to jump to the, jump up or climb up to the, um, the exit sign on the San Diego Highway for SeaWorld that says, you know, San Diego SeaWorld. And it's, and so he put, he made a sign that says sucks with a green background. <gasps> Oh, no. And he put it on there? He put it on there. He, I think he got hurt doing it, but he uh -oh. put it on there. Yeah. No, my memory of SeaWorld is getting splashed at the Corpus show. Not the Corpus show. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it, it the it's in California where I went, SeaWorld. And it was, at, you know, in the Bay Area, which was like, I don't know, an hour or so away from our hometown, which was not exactly in the Bay Area, as you can tell, since it was an hour away. Um, and I got splashed and it, the water got all over my jeans and there was salt in the water. And so um, it was very sandy-ish feeling on my legs and I was very uncomfortable. And so in the back of this little bus, I had to take off my little girl jeans and sit with the teacher's... Um, jacket over my legs because it really hurt mm. and so that's why i never went back to sea world well i don't ever go there and i'm never going to go there because of blackfish just saying okay that's my story of the week so okay get to know me people <laughs> little karen Lindsay in the back of a, although my name wasn't Lindsay back then but in the back of a bus pantsless with all the little boys around her. It sounds terrifying. Eh, it wasn't that bad. Okay. My pants, I would have rather, I would have sat back there without any panties on because those pants are terrible. Oh my gosh. They were the worst. But I had panties on, so no biggie. I hate that word, panties. Yeah, boys never wore panties. We just wore underwear. I know. <laughs> Underpants. Tidy whiteies. Pantaloons. <laughs> those are jeans. Pantaloons. I guess so. Okay. So anyway, past the SeaWorld stories and yes. the corpuses, corpuses. Um, 
We're going to talk deliverance this week. Yes, we right? are. I'm ding, 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 ding. I forgot <laughs> to get a, a sound clip the of banjo. that. Yeah, oh my gosh. I was supposed to get that, wasn't I? Yes, you were. Oh, man. I'm. Well, I didn't. I'm giving this episode eight apoplectic voters. Very nice. And along those same lines, I'm giving it eight and a half soothing stickers. They're soothing I voted stickers because it calmed him down right away. Yeah. I don't I don't think they're that soothing, but you know. Well it was to him. It was to him. I don't know right. why. I think the beer would be more soothing. Well, in this case, it was very soothing. And I wonder how true it is that General Washington gave us pint of beer to every voter. Oh well, since he didn't want to run, I assume it wasn't true. Yeah. But and did they actually vote for him? Or did they just make him president? I think they just made him president. Yeah. I think so. Maybe he was maybe he was uh trolling for someone else. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> Let's just beer. pretend that's what it is. Okay. So uh, we start out in the polling booth, which uh, I think everybody chose this as their anachronism of the week. So we'll we'll get into that later. But it was just overwhelming. Was, everybody chose a piece of the voting area as their anachronism. Well, I think it was really the only spot in which uh, he was anachronistic. So you say, so but I that say. is not true. It's not. Oh, my gosh. It is not true. My 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 anachronism spidey sense is off. Then that's right. There were two other spots. Oh no! And I chose one of the other ones. Okay, so. there you go. Just because most of you chose something else, and I didn't want to just have one, so <laughs> I decided to get two. But that's uh, later on. We need to we need to get our fingers dirty with this episode. Yeah, I I did like the voting area part. Okay. Uh, it was nice that they chose to do that the day before the actual Election. voting day. Yes. Right? That was, you think that was planned? Oh, yes. It had to be. Yes, of course it was. Uh, and a, a very nice conscious choice on the part of the writers of the episode. Yes. Um, try and get people to vote. Uh, I saw a lot of tweets on Monday and Tuesday. About voting. With quotes from the episode, yes. <laughs> Saying, did you get out and vote? Um, only 40% of people got out and voted. More of you vote for American idolatry. And I'm not kidding. I saw that all over Twitter <laughs> the other day. So I can tell a lot of the people that follow me, even for other things, watch Sleepy Hollow. So a lot of my Warcraft friends watch Sleepy Hollow and so it's it's pretty cool to get that temperature well, on two, Twitter. Two thirds of the nation didn't vote. I know. What's I up know, with that? that? I don't know. Ichabod fought and died. He did for, die for people to have the right to do that. Right. I actually. I sent mine in. I actually. Um. Have you heard of this new social network? Hang with. Mm-hmm. I'm actually on Hang with, and I did a go out. Are and you? Vote. I, I did yes, I did a go out and vote video yesterday on Hang With. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. So I, I urged people to go out and vote and, and, and vote early but not often because, you know. Yeah, often not good. 
not good. Often maybe, bad. Maybe a hundred years ago, if you were a city boss, often was great, but right, yeah, not anymore. No, I send mine in. I I do the absentee thing. Oh, you do, huh? So yeah, yeah. I I don't like going to polling places. It makes me oogie. But I can't yeah. wait for online voting. Well, mm, that that gets into a different thing. Hey. It's electronic voting where I go, so they can they can mess with it there, or they can mess with it from my IP address. It's gonna happen. Well, it might happen, but we'll have to get things way regulated for that. But that's a whole different story. Yes, we're talking um, about deliverance. Voting is a good thing. Um, I did like the conversations they had yes. at the polling booth, and then it also gave us a chance to see the new boss. Oh yes, it did. The new and police chief. Right. Uh, Captain Reyes. And also for them to talk to her about uh, seeing some chick that got brought into the ER in old timey clothes. Right. Because at the beginning of the episode, uh, after a brief flashback to Ichabod and Katrina waking up and realizing they only had a few hours before Ichabod had to report to duty. Uh, after that flashback, uh, Katrina was taken away by Jenry, taken away from Abraham, and put in the hands of a couple doctors from the Hellfire Club. Mm-hmm. And she escaped them and was brought into the hospital. Mm-hmm. And so, at the voting location, they realized that Katrina was free and at the hospital, and they went and got her. Yep. And I thought that was a pretty hot outfit. I don't know about you. You know, for an outfit that covers a woman up pretty much, I was like, wow, that's pretty darn sexy for not showing anything. Yeah. Although you could see where it does show a lot for him. Yeah. Oh, for, for, for Ichabod? I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure he was like, wowza. Yeah. He wanted to put a coat on her. <laughs> I'm sure. And then the jeans. Katrina in jeans. I know. Skinny jeans at that. I know. Could, and it wasn't bottom. the sign of the apocalypse. Right. <laughs> Although it kind of was, wasn't it? A little bit, yeah, because yeah. Uh, she had, as, as we, we, it was confirmed for us this episode. I know. As we theorized a couple episodes as ago. As you theorized, but I agreed with. So it was your idea. I just agreed with you. Thank you. I'm going to give you credit. I am curtsying right now as we speak. Oh, good. Good. Um, that she was impregnated with Moloch. Yep. Yep. I knew it was a demon. Um, you proposed Moloch, I agreed. So yeah, good call. I'm glad. And that's the sickness that she's in the hospital for. They have no idea what's wrong with her when she's in the hospital. Yep. All they know is yeah. these weird spidey veins keep showing up on her. Yeah, gross. Varicose belly veins. But then, but then, when they get Katrina out of the hospital, things start gurgling. Uh-huh. <laughs> gross. Uh. Yeah, she's not exactly the the glowy sort of pregnant at this point. No, she was sort of like the pale, pasty, being taken over by a evil warlord demon pregnant. Right, with the weird fist in the belly thing. Oh gosh, I know, right? <laughs> it was gross. 
gross. But I did like that she got to see the she got to see the archives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was cool. Gang hangs out. Mm-hmm. And she protected the archives. Right. But was now, that the archives? Yeah, it was that the was archives. right? Okay, yeah. okay. But now Jenry knows about the archives. Yeah. Are you sure that was the archives? It wasn't the church. It wasn't because they didn't have the they didn't have the computer. Right, but but remember, it was Abby had gone off to um do some reconnaissance on the Hellfire Club. And okay. And it was Ab- it was Ichabod and Katrina alone in the archives, and that's when he had realized uh, something about. Okay, you're right. Franklin's you're right. Got it. Journal and so they were out. Got right. it. That's how they figured out it was the Hellfire Club. They were at the yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah. Thank you. So, but thank now, you for reminding me. Yeah. Now Jenry and his little henchmen know about the archives and the tunnels and everything, and I'm sure they'll get back there again at some point. Yeah, that's bad. It's really bad. Yeah, I like that. Katrina is out from under Abraham. For now, at least, because I think that storyline was going nowhere. Let me just say, and pardon my French, but Abraham became a little bitch. Yeah. I mean, he was no longer this evil, headless yeah. demon. He was like this love forlorn, like, what's going right. on, guys? See, and now, now he's back to the headless horseman. He is, first of all, that sizzly thing. That was pretty cool. Oh, the sunlight? With the sizzly thing, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Like him fighting off Jenry and his henchmen to try and Right. Keep and he was really going at him too. Yeah, I mean he was. Yeah. He put an axe in one of the dude's heads. I know. <laughs> he was he was going at it. And he's not supposed to be able to do anything in the sunlight, so he was really trying his best to get Katrina back. Uh, I just, it was awesome that he was like sizzling and uh, just, uh, you know, that's the Abraham I want to see. That's that's the dude. You know, you want to see the horseman of war and the horseman of death. You don't want to see this. Oh, I love you, Katrina. You know, <laughs> no, you don't want to see gross. It. Right. But I do love the conversation that Ichabod and Katrina have. Uh, about Abraham and she and he's like how can a headless anything speak with you yeah right he's like and what do you talk about with Abraham right and then she lets him in on the fact that you know whatever he did with the necklace right allows him to be seen as a a head full human being as opposed to headless (laughs) and uh, he finds that interesting and then of course he has a bit of a doubt right. about her when he finds out that she's pregnant. Yes. Especially since he knows that she can see Abraham when when the necklace is on. You know, right. oh, well, that's interesting. So. And he yeah. assumes it's Abraham's baby. Right. And she swears, no, it's not. It's not Abraham's. It's not yours, Ichabod. Obviously, it can't be Ichabod's. And then mm-hmm. they realized that possibly Jenry had done something to to her to impregnate her. And that's, you know, when he realizes the whole experiment with the Hellfire Club. And it was basically Ichabod finding what, what Franklin's, Benjamin Franklin's journal and then realizing that it's not Abraham's baby to realize that, that something has been done to her that Franklin 
Benjamin Franklin knew about. Right. right. Benjamin Franklin infiltrated the Hellfire Club as a spy and got information about some sort of special experiment that they were doing on a human being. Um, and there's no information about what happened to the woman they were doing the experiment on. Can I just say how refreshing it was that it was Benjamin Franklin again and not some weird tenuous connection he had with some other historical figure? Yeah, I'm really glad about that because, you know, it's not like Daniel Boone or David Crockett. Right, right. Well, Daniel Crockett, I mean, <laughs> not exactly the same generation, but yeah. Um, I just, it, it was getting old that they were putting him, you know, with firsthand knowledge of all these different people. And it's nice for him to say, yes, I had heard of this research that Benjamin Franklin had done. Um about the Hellfire Club and, it, you know, for him to actually go and look it up instead of, oh, yes, I know this and um, let's go check it out. And, you know, it was just, it was better this way. And to not have all the this, answers. To not have right, all the answers. So right. To have to piece it together. Right. It was so much better than the Daniel Boone thing and, and the from thing, last week. And the thing I liked about this is that they realized they had to move Katrina to the to the church because, you know, the Hellfire Club came looking for them at the archives. Right. And while they're there, they realize that, you know, Jenry, Henry, whatever we want to call him, he's the one that did this to her. And it's he's Jenry, always. He's the only, okay, Jenry. He's the <laughs> only one that um could undo it, right? And they have this big argument about whether or not they're still good at him or not good at him. And But the way that Ichabod finds out that it's actually Moloch that she's pregnant with is he actually goes to see Jenry by using um, Irving to get Jenry mm -hmm. to the institution. Right. And they have this whole scene trying to find out if they're still good in Jenry. Uh, right. And that's when he lets the cat out of the bag that he, she's pregnant with Moloch. Yeah. Yeah, he took great glee in saying that too. Right. And I I am still torn on that whole thing. Well, he says he chose Moloch. I know. That, and then Ichabod holds his hand and gets that vision of him. A scared little boy running in the woods. Right. So which is it? I think he wants him to see that. I think he wants him to think that they're still yeah. good in him. Oh, God, I just don't know. I'm, I think Jenry's lost. I think Jenry's completely lost. I tend to think that as well, but I also think that it's John Noble and they want him to be good. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Um, and that would leave him open to be in the rest of the series. If that makes sense. Although I wouldn't mind seeing him bad for the rest of the series either. Uh, I just, I, I like this. I like this John Noble. You know, I like the good and the bad and the simpering. I really do. I like this sort of, oh, I'm sorry, father, to Moloch. And then, and, and we have to talk about the end of this episode too, because I think it takes a very interesting turn at the end of this episode. Yes. And I have, I have some theories about this too. I don't know if you do, but I definitely do. Um, yeah, so at the same time, they both sides come up with the um, Moloch's baby, or 
baby Moloch theory, right? Something that um, we saw coming episodes ago. <laughs> right, down the pike. Um, yeah, but they didn't even know she was pregnant till now and we had the four foreshadowing thing. They right. didn't have that foreshadowing. We ha- we were privy to Moloch and uh, Jenry's conversation about In the background. Yeah. Right. So. Um, so Abby and Katrina do their background research and then um, Ichabod hears from Jenry and they both come to the same conclusion that it's Moloch that's going to be shooting out of Katrina in one way or another. Right. And... Um, that was an interesting thing when he comes back and he comes storming in. It's not like, yeah, we know. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but really all, all that Ichabod was supposed to gain from seeing Jenry was knowing, you know, getting that feeling that maybe his son could or couldn't be turned. You know, he, he was supposed to just go talk to him, at least as far as moving that plot line along. Right. Um, and then, you know, the whole sisterhood kind of sandpapery thing between Abby and Katrina. Um, I don't know where they're heading with that. I mean, they it looks like they get along fine. Right. I mean, I don't see any big headbutting happening between the two of them at all. No, I don't see that happening either. Um, and I think my hopes for Ichabod and Abby... Are dwindling I think, well, a little. Well, yeah, I think so. I think Ichababi was a little happen. Just a little. Don't worry about it. It might come later. A lot of people are rooting for it, uh, including Orlando Jones, one of the stars of the show. <laughs> Orlando so, Jones is rooting for it, huh? Yes, he wants Ichababi. He's Team Ichababi. He is. Thank you, Orlando. <laughs> yeah. Uh, My I hopes have just gone back up. Okay, good. Um. Again, I think something drastic has to happen to Katrina before that can happen. So, just so you know, I'm not not on your side. Oh no, I, just, I know Katrina. I'm not to, on right. Katrina has to I'm, go bad, or she has to die. Right. It, it. He's still in love with his wife. Yes. I mean, I I can't discount that right now. Um, but I don't see, I don't see a big headbutting situation between the two women. Um, I, I didn't see that as jealousy as her walking away. I saw that as being awkward, kind of a third wheel thing. Yeah. Um, I saw some chatter about it and some people were thinking that was jealousy and I just didn't see it as jealousy at all. I didn't see it Um, either. I didn't see there was any tension between those two. Yeah. So I'm just coming out and saying it here and I'm guessing you are too, that I don't see a big triangle happening here. No, no. At least not right now. I think if we're going to get a triangle, it's going to be with Holly and Jenny and Abby. Right. Or Ichabod even. Ichabod doesn't like her with Holly. And I don't know that it's out of a romantic thing or not. I think it might just be more protective than anything else. Well, he thinks the lieutenant is just too good for a man like Holly. Yeah, I think so too. But I think that might be a triangle in the fact that he does not want Holly to be with her. So I think we might see something interesting there. But I also think Jenny might be part of that as well. So there'll be some interesting things happening there, I think. And Holly was not in this episode. No, but it appears he might be in the next episode. Yes. 
I don't think we're going to shatter anything by saying yes, he's in the next episode. We didn't need Jenny and Holly and all the other characters in this episode because this episode was what I like. It moved the story along. It did. It was a culmination of a bunch of stuff. And it still had, it left other things to to continue on. Um, I liked how this, it got Katrina out of that house. It turned Abraham bad again. Um, it made Jenry into this, um, more of a baddie than he had been. Yes. Uh, you know, I, I guess I feel like Katrina and, and Ichabod are kind of losing faith right now in Jenry a little bit. But Ichabod has that tiny shred of, I saw him as a little boy thing. And, uh, you know, I think they still want to redeem him, but they're, they're just a little less sure of that. Right. Uh, and so that, that moved along. We did see a tiny bit of, of Irving. Not much, but a tiny bit. And, um, and Irving working with the good guys. Yep. Yeah. Well... We know he wants to. You know, when he has, when he is allowed to, he works with them. Like he called them and he let them know. And in this case, they talked to him and said, can you call your lawyer? Well, he's not prohibited from calling him. So that was something he was able to do. Right. You know, selling his soul doesn't mean he can't call his lawyer. Right. Exactly. So, right. So that was something he could do for them easily. Um, it's just, you know, if he tries forcibly to help them, I don't think he could do it at this point. Yeah, I think anything that he does good, he's just going to feel the urge to not do it. Right. You know? But in this case, it was just call him and right. get him to come here. And that was, you know, easy enough. It wasn't something against the rules, quote unquote, of his of his pact. Let, let's so say, yeah, that's good. Let's say, for instance, he wasn't in the mental institution by this point, mm-hmm. and after they found out there was a special tablet that uh, Benjamin Franklin had put a prism stone in to create an aurora borealis, uh, and uh, Irving was like, "I'll help you guys go get it." As soon as he showed up on the scene, he wouldn't been able to do anything. Right, he would have been compelled to damage it. Right, or he would have been compelled to stop them from getting it. Correct. Right. So that's where I'm thinking is going to happen with him. Even when he gets out, he's going to try and do good and he just can't. Right. So in this case, helping him, helping Ichabod was something he could easily do. Yeah. So yay. Um, and that's, you know, that's a good thing. And I also like that the captain gets her faith back and also, also likes Ichabod. Yes. What is that about? Well, and here's the deal. Like, they had to sell this thing to the captain. <coughs> Excuse me. They had to sell this thing to the captain uh, as these are dudes with guns and torture devices. Not necessarily these are like, these are a group of guys who are doing supernatural experiments. You know, like, they had to sell it as like, these are just, you know, kind of like, quote unquote, terrorists in our town. And that's how the captain responded. Right. And Ichabod also had to tell her he was a criminal profiler, which... With a concentration in historical cults or something like that? 
historical, oh, I don't remember. God, I should have grabbed that. Motivations. Or something. I don't know. Something like that. It yeah. was cool, though. Yeah. Um, it was essentially what he does. Pretty much. Yeah. So, yeah, that's cool. Even though it's not historical to him, yeah. it, it's contemporary to him. But it, it was a it was a nice way to bring him in. And then, you know, she says, well, I guess I'll see you. And that was nice. So that means that they're back into the fold and that they can do things with less impunity. Right. And he can show up at the archives without going through the tunnels. Right. And yay. Now, he needs to get his clothes moderned up a little bit again. I don't think that's going to happen. I know. But why Why can't he do like a, a little hybrid thing like he did last week with the yoga clothes? Hey, he's going to end up being a hipster. Just saying. Uh, I know. You want him to be a hipster. Okay, so... um. I do like how he find out, found out about the tablet, though. With the book? The, the the book that, you know, they had to go online at the church. Oh, which yeah. I don't understand how an abandoned church had a connection to the internet. Yeah, who saying. knows? But, um, but, uh, but they had to go online and find the, uh, the I must code. internet. I must internet right now, immediately. <laughs> immediately. Um. And they found the secret code in Franklin's writing to find out that there was a tablet with an Aurora Borealis in it. Yes. Now. Embedded within. Yes. Embedded within. Um, and so, uh, so they do use the captain, Captain Reyes and mm-hmm. the police force to raid. Army. The, yes. I they, can give an army. The Hellfire Club to get yep. this tablet. And they do get the tablet. Mm-hmm. And the Aurora Bialis is inside the tablet. Well, right. whatever. What a yeah. Yeah. They get back to the church just in time. Yep. Just in the nick of time because Moloch is about to be birthed. You know, that is the rule. I, I need to look up that trope. There's a name for that trope where the bomb is at one second when it's diffused. I kind of felt that way about the last Batman movie. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. He had it's six a- minutes to get a nuclear bomb off of an island, and he had the flying Batmobile to do it with. Come on now. I know. I know. It's everything. Every bomb is at one second. But they have like five minutes to get that to deal with that one second. Right. I know. And in this case, it's like just as the baby's about to poke its way out. There we go. He pulls down the 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 wood and lets the sunlight in and uses the prism to create an. I want to know how Benjamin Franklin knew how to make a prism that could create an aurora borealis. It's it was a mystical thing. He imbued it with some sort of magic. Oh, did he? I'm guessing okay. it has to be magic, right? I mean, it has to be. Yeah, because you can't do that with any sort of physics. Yeah. And, you know, there were witches back then. Now, I was hoping that he was going to, that he and Abby were going to work together to do that. In fact, I'm kind of hoping that's what happened. But they didn't make it very clear. Right. Um, It looked like he was moving it around a little bit. But I was kind of hoping he would hold it still and Abby would kind of move her into the light so that they would be a team. Now, 
I thought it was kind of interesting that Abby sat there and acted as if she were a midwife. Right? When I her, noticed that as well. Her ancestors were While midwives. she was pregnant. Yes. Right. And weren't her, wasn't, wasn't Abby's ancestors a direct midwife for Katrina? Yes. She was the one that birthed Jeremy. Just saying. Yeah. I noticed that exact same thing. <laughs> and I think it's great that within two episodes, Ichabod learned how, learned CPR. Now, see, it, hello, callback. He had no idea what it was, and now he and knows how to do it. Now, can I just say one thing? Why did Abby not do it? How does Abby know that he knows how to give CPR? Abby didn't do it because it would be too scandalous for Katrina to have another woman's Oh, come on. Come on. (laughs) Abby would have done it in a heartbeat. She's a policeman. Right. And she has the training. Yes. She would have just pushed him aside and done it. That's one of my nitpicks for this episode. She would have just done it. Period. Yeah. You don't really give a crap about the sex of the person that you're giving CPR to. Well, if if it were Katrina, I would care about the sex of the person I'm giving. You would? Yeah, I'd be like, hey, hey she, she's not breathing. Let me help <laughs> no, her No, you know what? You so wouldn't, though. <laughs> it's not a sexual thing at all. It's, you know, you're trying to breathe life into someone. I'm just, I know you're joking. <laughs> I'm totally joking. I know you are. But I mean. Obviously, if it was Abby, I mean, Nicole Bahari, and she needed CPR, I'd be, I'd let everyone get out of the way. It would be both. Yeah, you'd be pushing people out. Get of out of the way. Right. I, I got this. I'm going to I got a it. certificate. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. take care of this. Yeah. I got the training. Yeah. We can rebuild her. <laughs> Stronger, faster. Yeah. Um, I just, I'm, I understand that that's why they showed us. Two weeks ago that he didn't know how to do it. And so Holly does it in front of him and he has an eidetic memory. And so he knew how to do it now. Right. But Abby sat there and watched her dying. Right. And didn't just jump on it. And she kind of reacts unlike a police officer in the situation. Very unlike a police officer. When she she says she's not breathing, she's kind of whimpering like a little baby child. I'm like, you're a police officer. You've seen worse. A trained police officer who has to have CPR training. She would have just jumped in and tried to save her life. And that was a big deal for me. You know? It really was. The big deal for me was the the internet connection, even though I know it was dial-up, but the internet connection in the abandoned church. Yeah, okay. That was a big Uh, deal. There were a couple little nits in this one. That one was less of a nit. The thing with Abby really bugged me, though, with the CPR. Yeah. Because that bothers me that Abby didn't step up. Oh, I had... Because that is is out of character. I mean, it is out of character for her. But I had another nitpick. Okay. Why all of a sudden a rift between Abraham and Jenry? I mean, they are both horsemen working for Malik. Why is Malik keeping Abraham out of the loop? Malik's not keeping Abraham out. Jenry's keeping Abraham out? Yes, because Malik wants to run the whole show. Yeah, I'm sure he does because okay. he's the big demon. Jenry's, Jenry's doing all of this on his own, remember? 
Malik says, I'm, I'll take care of it. And, and Jenry is doing all this stuff to try and impress his dad. He wants to kill Katrina and Ichabod. And Abraham does not want to kill Katrina. And I think that's the whole thing is he wants to kill Katrina. But he, he wants he but he can't because she's supposedly a vessel. So you think this whole Oh no, this was gonna kill Katrina. But and, and bring Moloch into the world. Right. This would have killed her. They they said that. So you think Moloch didn't say, Hey, go infect her with this poison and I'll be born into the world. You don't think he said that to Jenry? No, I think that they, yeah, I think that he did. And then Moloch was cool with it. Well, you notice that he was like, he was not expecting it, Moloch, when they showed him. Right. He was like, you know, and pulling at his skin and stuff. Right. He didn't know that this was happening. Oh, that's right. He didn't know he was being going from one world to the next. Right. So... It was totally Jenry doing this. And also, you know, he wasn't letting Abraham know what was happening because Abraham would have not let him do this. Right, because Abraham wants Katrina for himself. Right. So he's working for his own benefit. He's going to screw things up between him and Malik. No kidding. Malik's just going to toss him out. Again, we're going to talk about this in a few minutes. There's some bigger stuff happening here. Okay. But, yeah. The, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's all I can say until we talk about it. He is, uh, he's skirting a line. Yeah. Jenry and, and, is, and, and, you know, uh. That, that's a trope in itself, too. The, 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 uh, humble servant willing to do anything and going above and beyond when they're not told to. And screwing. and screwing everything up. Yeah. 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 And especially when it's a father figure or a parent figure. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, definitely. And then, you know, wanting to get back in at his parents. It's it's a very, like I said, it's an Oedipus thing. Yeah. Impregnating mom <laughs> in this one, especially. Impregnating mom with dad <laughs> and wanting to kill dad. With one dad wanting to kill the other dad. So, um, Abby and Crane have a little conversation after saving Katrina. Mm-hmm. After she walks out and lets them have their little moment. Yeah. And there's Which a, was sweet. There's a little division between Abby and Crane now. A little bit. Yeah, because Abby's like, your son is pure evil. And cannot mm-hmm. be saved. And he's like, no, I can't believe that, you know, blah, blah, blah. And remember, a couple episodes ago, Ichabod said, we can't allow our feelings for these other people to get involved with what our mission is. We have to yep. do our mission. And now he's waffling on that. And yep. that seems like something that Ichabod wouldn't do. Yeah, it does. It does. But I think he is waffling because... He was waffling on Katrina. Now Katrina is all back and he's forgiven her. I think that's a big part of it. Okay. And now all is bright and shiny in his world. And she does not have the same feelings. She is still not happy with her life 
and things are not going well for her. Are we talking about Abby or Katrina here? Abby. Oh, yeah. I'm saying he and Abby are having this conversation between th- be- because things are good for him and things are not good for her. No. You know, she has not had that happy turn of events that make things look good. No, she hasn't. She still sees all this darkness and right. this giant battle they're up against. And she does say, you know, hey, Moloch almost came to the world today. Right. Right. We almost lost this war. Yeah. And did you notice that uh, he does the blow up thing after they do the fist bump and she does not return yeah. it? Yeah. So I just hope that that doesn't mean Ichabab can't happen. I, I'm not going to rule it out, but I'm going to say they're a little further away from it this week than they were last week. Okay. Sorry about that. So I want to ask you, what was going on there at the end of the episode? All right. That left me, that left me kind of confused. This is what I'm going to talk about. You, you want to know what I think's happening with the Jenry Frankenstein in the jar? Yeah. That's Moloch. So you think he didn't really like, I kind of walked away thinking he didn't want Moloch to actually really, um, be birthed by Katrina. He wanted, no, I think he did. You think he did? Yeah. That would have been fine. Okay. But he also had a backup plan because he knows that Ichabod and Katrina foil his plans. And so you think he knew about the Aurora Borealis stone? Maybe. Maybe not. Because if you notice at the end of that, there's the Aurora Borealis, but then there's like a red sort of smoky light coming out of Katrina, which obviously I think is Moloch. Right. So, that's Moloch's essence. Yeah. And that's what he get, gathers in the jar. Right. From the from the electricity in the sky. From the Right. Well, no matter what happens, I think that Moloch essence, you know, he's a demon already. Right. He he doesn't just dissipate. So as long as there's something to capture it, it will leave. I'm I'm this is my theory. Okay, I'm not saying I know anything about demons. Right. This is my theory, and this is what I've been waiting to talk about. Um, we saw that red thing go out of her stomach. And at this point, Jenry is thinking, okay, they foiled me to every turn. I better have something ready. So he set up this whole rig in his in the basement of that house, the Franklin house or whatever. Um, what is it called again? can't remember. Yeah, the house that he was born in. Something manor. Yeah. Um, so he set up this whole rig, and it was like, you know, that little lightning jar thing. And when that, when Moloch's essence, I would say soul, but I don't think it's a soul. Um, when his essence was released, instead of Moloch being born, it found its way to whatever this magical thing was that Jenry had set up. And it got stored in this jar because I think that was his backup plan. And so either way, Jenry knew if they foiled his plan, he'd have this to fall back on. But if they didn't, Moloch would be born and he would be the savior. So now I'm going to take your theory and take it one step further. Okay. He's got the essence of Moloch in a jar. Yep. Who's to say he can't? take that essence and let it go into another person. Right. And now Moloch lives inside of a human body. Right. 
And now Moloch is in the real world. Right. If he can. I mean, it obviously has to be special circumstances. Yes. However, there's also this whole thing of he was tortured by Moloch. So now he has Moloch in a jar. And we all know how he treats people that have wronged him. Now he's got a demon in a jar. What's he going to do? He's going to torture the demon. Yeah. And what's going to come of that? Nothing good. No, because then whenever Moloch gets into a, 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 a corporal form... He's coming after Jenry. Bad things are going to happen. That's right. And maybe that's going to push Jenry more towards his mommy and his daddy. Yep, that's my thought. But then what's going to happen? What place is Abby going to have there if they're all three together and good, goody goodies doing good stuff? I don't know. I'm just saying. He may have to sacrifice himself. You think? I don't know. But all I'm saying is that's Moloch in the jar. There's many different ways I can go, but it's definitely Moloch in there. And he sure looked pretty happy that he had Moloch in a jar, all contained. Mm-hmm. He looked like he could have been like, you know, doing the, um, oh, what's that dude's name on The Simpsons? Excellent. <laughs> Mr. Burns. Thank you. He could have been doing a Mr. Burns big time. So, yeah. <laughs> so, that's not your regular firefly kind of catching, is it? New. Not shiny. <laughs> kind of garam. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so, anachronisms. Yeah. Why don't we weave that in with the feedback? Okay, we can do that. Because we, a I lot of people had the wanted, same thing. Right. As me. That's right. Um, we'll do Barb's feedback first. She did not have an anachronism, but she also talked about Jenry Frankenstein. And my answer to that was my comment just now. So, Barb, um, I'm going to play your feedback, but listen to what I just said about the Frankenstein jar thing. So, does that make sense at all? Yes. My answer was just before this. So, let me play your feedback, Barb. Hi, Karen and Jamie. This is Barb calling in with feedback on Sleepy Hollow. I'm afraid my rating for this show is lower than Tuesday's voter turnout. Katrina, pregnant with a satanic alien baby. Were we watching Rosemary's Baby or Alien? I had to check my TV listings. The only story advancement this week, in my opinion, was to show the viewers that Crane and Katrina still love each other. Sorry, Jamie. (laughs) And that Jenry Warman was redeemable. Shades of Harry Potter and Snivellus Snape flashbacks. I think it is much too early in the series to show Jenry Warman's potential redeemability. Karen, is that a word? Yes. To me, this was a setup for (laughs) Katrina to sacrifice herself for the love of her son. Harry Potter again? Have Jenry Warman switch sides and fight side by side with his father to defeat Moloch, and then unite the Abbey and Crane shippers and make them happy. No. The prism 
aura, aura, whatever it is, reminded me of Raiders of the Lost Ark, which someone in Twitterverse was kind enough to reinforce. So if Moloch was on the verge of new birth, shouldn't he have died with the prism light? Mm, see? Questions and more questions. My theory of the new sheriff in town being a bad guy or gal was blown this week. I really thought she would be a new Moloch convert. If she's back in the mix, then we need a few deaths before the mid-season break because the field is getting a bit crowded with good guys. In a way, this reminds me of the third season of Lost. We know that the end game is for Moloch to be defeated, but we need more than one bad guy. Fighting Moloch will not last for five seasons without a lot of fluff. I'm looking forward to seeing what the writers have for us on this front. That's it for this week. Thanks, Karen and Jamie, for all your work on this podcast. This is Barb signing out, and glad I already pulled my voter levers. Yay. Yeah, so Barb, um, my answer to that was, yeah, I don't think he was killed. I think he was expelled. Mm. I just thought of something. Hmm. I think I know Jenry's favorite song. What? It's by the police. Yeah. I got a Moloch in a bottle. <laughs> nice. Moloch in a bottle. <laughs> now I'll be singing that all night. <laughs> yeah, you will. I will. Okay, and uh, I'm going to play Justine's feedback. And she had the same anachronism as you. So after that, I'll play your anachronism. I cut it out of her feedback, but I'm going to, you know, give her credit for, yeah, you know what I'm saying. I know what here's, saying. here's Justina's feedback. Hi, this is Justina calling in for Witness Prophecies. I still have hope for Jenry Warman. I really think that there is something inside of him that is still good. And this could be the greatest redemption story ever because it will take so much for the horsemen of war to be turned back to the side of good. But there is a part of him that's just a little boy lost. I was so excited to see that this week. Also, I think it's really cool that Ichabod is really starting to get acclimated to living in this time period. He was showing Katrina how to use the radio and he knew when he had a question that he had the internet right now. Hashtag <laughs> save Jenry Warman. <laughs> Have a great week. Yep. Um, oh, also, I wanted to give their Twitter addresses. Barb is at Tangier14. And Justina is at Justi, J-U-S-T-I, 1978. She just joined Twitter. So you guys should go and follow her. She likes to interact with all the GSM peeps. She's very cool and cute. I've been talking to her all this week. Um, and her anachronism is the same as yours. Yes, so it let is. me play that. I may lack the proper identification to vote, but what excuse do our fellow countrymen have? A voter turnout rate of only 40% nationwide. This is a disgrace. It's a midterm crane. I fought through lines of British regulars for the right to vote. Yet our modern countrymen can barely form a line. But of course, they're more than passionate to vote for American idolatry. American Idol. I know its name. 
can tell you what it should be called. So, colonial America was the golden age because everybody voted in those days. Oh, wait, black people couldn't vote. Neither could women's. So I would have been turned away at the door twice over. Actually, you don't own significant tracts of property, so thrice over. Oh, well, maybe I could afford property if I weren't paying all of your bills. You go, girl. Pay my automobiles, pay my telephone bills. I don't want you. <laughs> yeah, she gets him in the end, though, doesn't she? Yeah, she and does. I love that he says, thrice over. Thrice. Um, and she also mentions this one. Katrina. Katrina. We found a way to stop Monarch. I must leave you for a very short while. This device is called a radio. Push this button and speak. And wherever I am, I will respond. Like magic. I thought that was sweet. Yeah. Like magic. Yeah. She's so... She's still in awe of technology. And I love how he just knows. Yeah. That she won't grasp it unless he says it a certain way. It's it's kind of cool. That he'll be that conduit for her. Um, and again, I'm not shipping them or anything. I don't want you to get mad at me, Jamie. I won't be mad at you. I mean, they're okay. married. I mean, we expect them to want to be together. Right. So, I d- I don't have a ship in this in this show at all. I just I like the fact that he's gonna be her her guide into this century. I just, I know something horrible is going to happen to her yeah, at some point. For how long? That's what I was about to say. Yeah, mm-hmm. it will. It'll happen. Because <laughs> she doesn't look good anyway. I mean, she looks like she's about one step away from from uh, biting it. She really does. I mean, she's gorgeous. I'm not talking about the fact that she doesn't look pretty. She just right. looks very frail. Um, okay, so we have another feedback. Do you want to read it? I'll read it. Okay. This comes to us from Katie, and I'm assuming she left this on our Facebook page? Uh, No, I got it in the email. In the email, okay. So it says, hello, Karen and Jamie. I've been listening since the beginning, and now my schedule finally allows me to drop a comment or five. Well, the whole birth storyline was profoundly disturbing. Is it wrong that I felt bad for Abraham at the beginning when Jenry was taking Katrina away? No. I know Abraham's evil and all, but I felt bad for him when Jenry kept thwarting him. There is still good in Jenry. Come back to the light. Come back to the light. <laughs> Captain Reyes is growing on me. I feel the same for her as I did for Gates when we first when she first showed up on Castle when the season started. I was afraid that Reyes was a plant for the dark side, but now I see she's a regular person just doing her job. I hope that Abby and Ichabod can bring her in on what's really going on. Hmm. The Hellfire Club? Really? So unoriginal. Sounds like a biker <laughs> gang. I did love the part where Ichabod was trying to crack the code on the coffin where they kept the tablet and Abby yelled, They're a freaking evil club. Try 666. And Ichabod's response was, What a lack of imagination. Yeah, and you notice I put a little note there that said super hokey. Yes. Um, I agree with Ichabod there. A lack of imagination. However, I think he would have been the first to note that um, 666 is not really the the number of the devil. Number of the it's, beast. 
It's six six seven or six six five. It's one off from six, there. Six six seven. Yeah. Man. So anyway, I get that it's just for TV. Right. I throw my hands up. Katie continues to say, So Katrina's out of Abraham's clutches for the moment. Will we get Katrina Crane versus the 21st century? I hope so. Jamie, I'm an Ichabab shipper too. My feelings for this new development are undecided. I'm glad Ichabod and Katrina are reunited, but I'm hoping for an Ichabab endgame. I don't hate Katrina, but so far I found her uninteresting. Meh, I say. Meh. Maybe now they can flesh out her character. Irving, give the man something to do. Break him out of the hospital. Make him do evil stuff for Jenry. Serves him right for not for not reading stuff before he signs it. I miss him. And Jenry, where is she? Jenny. Jenny. Not Jenny. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. And Jenny, okay. where is she? I hope they return next week. Yep. Don't read her anachronism. I'll just play it. Okay. Um, and here is Katie's anachronism. Campaigning and polling place. It's absurd. General Washington gave each voter a pint of beer at the ballot box. Feel better? Yes, oddly. (laughs) (laughs) He got the I voted sticker. Yeah, I love that. So. And then she says. She says, as I write this, there's a huge freaking spider on my wall and I must go kill it. Eck. Eck. (laughs) Kill it with fire, I say. That is, that is, of course, my response to every spider thing. Although I use hairspray. Yeah. Hairspray always. But Ooh. kill it with, with fire. It's, it's kind and of then, interesting uh, because earlier in this podcast, um, I podcast in my basement. And uh, every, once in a while, every once in a while, we have uh, water bugs that kind of get in from the outside. Mm-hmm. And I was podcasting and I was like, what is that crawling on the floor? And I noticed, and I'm, I'm deathly afraid of those kind of bugs. Mm-hmm. And it was crawling and getting close to me. And luckily, there was a musical instrument on my floor that was able to push up against it and smash it up against the wall. <laughs> so I, I, I know how you know, Katie was feeling. So music soothed the savage beast? Something like that. <laughs> I don't know how savage it was. It probably doesn't even have that much of a No, brain, you would but... be the savage beast. Oh, okay. It soothed you. Yeah. Okay. I felt like I was um, being attacked. Okay, good. So I have an anachronism, and really, mine was all of those. Um, but I chose something else. Okay. As well. Um, I had to pick the, the geek one. So I'll play it now. I must internet immediately. God, it sounds like a swine being strangled. Does this not go faster? You know, dial-up was a pretty impressive invention at the time. So was the wheel, I'm sure. (laughs) And see, I like that because it was a double anachronism. Yeah. He's he's angry because it's not faster. Right. Because the technology's five years old. (laughs) Five years? Fifteen? Well... It wasn't that long ago that we were still using dial-up. In fact, there are still some people using dial-up. Yeah, if you live in Kentucky. Yeah. Hey, now, <laughs> we may have some listeners in Kentucky. I know. No offense to people in Kentucky. If you live in a rural area, rural. you may still have dial-up. But yeah, rural. Rural. 
I yeah. love that word. Rural. 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 Yeah. Um, I just, I found that amusing since it's kind of anachronism upon anachronism. Um, and there were a couple others like with Katrina and the clothes in the, in the, oh, yeah, the hospital. The goth girl. Yeah. And the no sharing in the booth. Um, when he tries to get in the, the booth oh, to yeah, share yeah, his yeah, opinion yeah. with her. Yeah. You can't come in the booth with me. It's illegal. <laughs> and he gets all uppity about it. Um, those are funny. So there are other, other points in the episode where there were anachronisms, not just the voting, although the voting overshadowed all the other. Yes, it did. Times. Um, and of course, the radio, which was one as well, but it was a serious one. It wasn't a funny one. So uh, that's it for the feedback and the anachronism. And thanks, Katie. It's yeah. nice to hear from you. Keep keep it coming, Katie. Yep, please do. And anyone else as well. And how can they get us that feedback, Jamie? Uh, well, the deadline is Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern. So if you're on the West Coast, that's 3 p.m. your time. Uh, and you can call 304-837-2278. Or you can go out to goldenspiralmedia.com slash feedback where you can leave us a text, which would be sent to us like a email. You can upload an audio file. So say you got your anachronism of the week from the show and you want to send it out to us that way, you can do it that way. Or you can use the speak pipe button, which, speak pipe button, which allows you to use your computer's microphone to record your voice and send it off to us. So you don't need to call in, use a phone or anything like that. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter. Both of us are at Witness Prof GSM. Uh, I am at Parish the Thought. That's P A R I S H D A Thought. And Karen, what are you on Twitter? At Elevaria, A L E V E R I A. And you can also become a fan of Golden Spiral Media on Facebook. And we also have a fan page for the Witness Prophecies on Facebook. So go out there and interact with us in every way possible. Yeah, I just I wanted to give a little shout out before we move on. Um, yes. it, it's not really a feedback. It kind of is. Um, one of my good friends on Twitter, Lawrence Griffin, who is at Logry, um, gave us a little feedback saying that they like he likes our idea to make a Sleepy Hollow where he watches Firefly. Um, I saw that. Yes, I did. He he loved that. Um, he's one of my good friends on Twitter. So hi, Lawrence. I just wanted to give him a little shout out. Is it so, time for spoilers? I think so. You did all the work this week. but um, So if you don't want to hear spoilers, you better leave now. Go away. So we'll talk to you next week, spoiler for you peoples. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Got to put something there, right? Right. <laughs> okay, so next week, episode eight, Heartless, written by Albert Kim. Let's read it, yeah? Yes. Um, as Ichabod and Katrina enjoy a brief respite from their latest tribulations, they attempt to reconcile their recently conflicted feelings, but a lingering doubt sown by the actions of their foes continues to creep into their relationship. All the while, Abby remains intent on preventing whatever next move Henry Parrish and his master Moloch are planning. Meanwhile, the Horseman of War is indeed still intent on resurrecting his Dark Lord, and summons forth the Heartless, a deadly female succubus with the ability to look into her victim's soul and mimic their heart's desire before siphoning off their life force. Well, that would be a succubus. Yes. 
When the husk of the body of a young bar patron is discovered in the parking lot of a local establishment, Crane and Mills investigate. While Abby remains convinced Parrish has no doubt played some part in this latest supernatural event, both Ichabod and Katrina try their best to maintain their belief that their son, Jeremy, is still not beyond redemption. Why does it say not beyond redemption? I don't know. It should be... Beyond redemption. No, no, not beyond. That's right. Okay. Ichabod and Katrina try their best to maintain their belief that their son, Jeremy, is still not beyond redemption. Meanwhile, Henry focuses his attention on the task at hand, namely using the succubus' unique powers to achieve his ultimate goal of facilitating Moloch's entry to the waking world. But how her skills will aid his task still remains a mystery to those who would prevent it. And as bodies in Sleepy Hollow continue to pile up, Katrina aids in the two witnesses' investigation. But it takes Abby some time adjusting to the team's new makeup and to be convinced of the witch's worth. I have to say that if I had to go... You just love cutting me off. No, (laughs) I was looking for it. I'm sorry, go ahead. I just have to say... um, if I had to go, I think it would be by the hands of a succubus. Yeah, I bet. I bet a lot of men would say that. <laughs> uh, I'm guessing a lot of men feel like that's how they've gone. <laughs> As it were. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's kind of, in in mythology, that's her job. As it were. Um, that's how, why she is sent here to take men's lives that way. Um, yeah, there's actually one in World of Warcraft. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. You can have a succubus as a minion if you're a warlock. So, and you can be a female warlock, which bothers me. You should be a witch. You shouldn't be a warlock. Yeah, you should be. Totally. I know. Witches, men are warlocks. I know. I named my warlock after one of the witches of the winds in the Wizard of Oz. Ah. Um, La Costa. Okay. So, mine is a witch. I call her a witch. And she never takes the succubus out because she's a witch. She's not a warlock. So, I'm sorry. That's too much information, isn't it? (laughs) A little too much there. (laughs) Sorry. She's very bitchy. I've never played WoW. Oh, you haven't? I have students that have spent whole weekends doing nothing but oh, playing see, WoW. I don't do that. I play it maybe a couple hours and that's it. Yeah. I'm out. Gets boring, but I like it. There's a, uh, there's a story there and it's fun. But yeah, you know, I just, uh, my characters have a life of their own sometimes and she is a bitch. <laughs> if you saw her, you would know she's a bitch. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, I've never gotten that whole thing. And the succubus in the game, I'm just using this as an example. In the game, she uses her tail as a whip and she wears kind of, I mean, she's not wearing it. It's part of her body. It's like a bikini and she looks like Jessica Simpson kind of. (laughs) But she has like, um, uh, what do you call it? Like a goat has for feet. Oh, weird. Um, 
That's not. I can't that, remember that, what they're not, called. That's not, a, that's not track. Hooves are not attractive at all. Hooves. Yeah. Oh, they are on her. Oh, they are. Yeah. Um, she's she's quite hot. Okay. Um, and she's got flowy hair, and she can like um charm you. So you have little hearts above your head. Oh yeah. And it goes like like a like a harp, yeah. and you're in love with her, and you're charmed, and you can't do anything. So. But she's got hot hooves. Yep. She's very hot. So it, it, they actually got her abilities right. Although she can charm you if you're a girl, too. That's so. been my experiences with Succubi. No, there's a male version. Oh. I just can't remember what they're called. Okay. Yeah. Incubus. Know. Incubus. Incubus. Oh, like the band? Yeah. They're called Incubi. Incubi. Sorry. And they're male. So. Yeah. So anyway. That got off subject, but, yeah, you know, we're just kind of explaining what a succubus does, I guess. But, yeah, that it sounds interesting. Yeah, and uh, I'm wondering, here's, here's part of the spoil thing, if the guy that they find dead at the bar is a body that they're going to use mm-hmm. in some way. Maybe. So, I have no idea. I do. I don't either. I'm just theorizing. So. Anyway, I think sounds interesting. It does. And we also had coming up in a couple weeks, um, TV Line has a photo. And if you don't care about spoilers, I mean, this isn't really a huge spoiler, but they have a photo of the woman who is going to be playing. Um, I guess it's going to be a spirit of um, Mama Mills, as it were. Uh-huh. Um, it's going to be Anjanie Ellis playing Abby and Jenny's mom. And she is going to be in a straight jacket in, uh, in an institution appearing to them. So she was on the mentalist and you'd recognize her if you saw her. She's been on many things. So there she is. You can see her if you go to tvline.com. Meet Abby's mom. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. I think it's kind of cool. We're going to get to see a little bit more of their background. And if they have interactions with the spirit of their mother. mm, I wonder if I'll be able to look at Abby's mom and be like, hey, I know where Abby gets her looks. Um, Can I not spoil something for you and say, "Mm, probably not. Oh, okay. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, she's a pretty woman, the actress, but they don't exactly have her made up. Oh, uh, so she's a crazy kooky. Well, I mean, she's in a straight jacket. <laughs> hey, that sometimes is attractive. In this case, not so much. It's a little too much information about me, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> a little too much. Okay. But I no, I get what you mean. This is sometimes it is like crazy hot crazy but this is crazy 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 okay okay so yeah it's uh it's a kind of scary photo as it were but yeah it's a, it's an interesting casting choice i think there's a family resemblance definitely they picked a very good actress i'm not familiar so okay You'd recognize her if you saw her, though. She's been on other shows. I'm sure she's been on Law and Order at some point or other. Everybody's been on Law and Order. Yeah, but memorable. Okay. Um, maybe ER. Things like that. 
I'm sure she's been on Chanda Rhimes shows. So I recognize her from other stuff. Again, her name is Anjane Ellis. Anjanu? Anjanu is what you call a young female. Yeah, I know, but it's spelled A-U-N-J-A-N-U-E. So it's like Anjanu, yeah. Anjanu Ellis. Yeah, I think it's Anjanu. I've never heard it said. I think her parents had some high hopes for her. (laughs) Well, she's been acting for quite some time. Yes. But she's a... She's a very good actress. I think we'll enjoy that performance. So that's it. That's it. Can't wait to talk to you next week and see what happens to Malik in the jar. He's got Malik in a bottle. <laughs> Malik in a bottle. <laughs> All right. Okay. So that's it for Room Raiders. And next week, I think we'll call it Malik in a bottle. I mean, <laughs> yeah. how could we not, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. All right. uh, So talk to you next week, Jamie, and we'll talk to you guys next week, too. Bye-bye. Bye.